Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday. we got a very special show for you today. We want to get right to it. Daniel Jeremiah does an amazing job at the NFL Network. Uh, he's a draft analyst, watches film all the time, knows all about USC football. You can follow him on Twitter at Move the Sticks, and he's got a great Move the Sticks podcast as well. We like to support the fellow podcasters. He's a little bigger than ours, but does a great job over there at NFL Network. Daniel, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you having me, Ryan. I'm just curious if you're gonna if you're gonna just lob one up here on Sam Darnold. Are we just gonna go straight into the deep end and start talking about Marlon Filippo I mean, Wherever you want to go, man. <laughs> that you know your stuff. You follows he follows USC football very closely. Uh, we where did bump into you? You go to like one or two USC games a year, probably, Daniel. Yeah, well, for obvious reasons, you'll probably see me at a few more this year. Yeah, <laughs> there's some. Uh, yeah, there's some. There's some talent uh, on this squad. It's funny. <laughs> we were talking about before we went on. One of the, I guess, one of the tools you use. I mean, you like to you watch a lot of film when the draft comes up and they draft somebody from some no name college somewhere. You want to know what you're talking about. You want to have seen them before. And I know one of the tools you've used is to watch our summer workout videos. Um, I don't know if you let people know kind of what you do there. And we're not allowed to shoot the seven on seven any team stuff now, so it's very limited what we can shoot in the summer. But I don't know if that hurts you at all. Yeah, it, it, I, I enjoyed it, man. It was one of my uh, one of my guilty pleasures over the summer was to watch those workout videos. Man, used to, you know, I remember you guys were doing pictures forever, um, so you'd see those still pictures. So you could kind of track the, the body development of these guys from their freshman year all the way through, um, and then just seeing the video, watching these guys move around, and um, you get you get a good sense for for how they're carrying their newfound weight. You know, in college, these, these are kids. These are 19, 20 year old guys who from any season, they might add, you know, 10 to 15 pounds. You, you look at somebody, um, you know, you try and keep an eye on a young player like a Jack Jones who just looks so little. Um, you say, okay, is he going to get bigger? Is he going to get stronger? You can keep an eye on that. Deontay Burnett, who kind of took off last year, I think you probably know he's probably added 15 pounds since he, since he showed up there. So to kind of see the overall growth and development of those players, I, I always enjoyed watching those videos. And then even from a, like this year, from a selfish standpoint, I would love to be able to see, uh, the seven on seven stuff with Sam Darnold and see how he's, how he's worked on his delivery. Has he tightened it up a little bit? Is there any type of changes there? Um, you know, it's, it's a way to see practice without having to travel to the school. The, uh, one of the other things I want to talk, we got to talk Sam Darnold, of course, but, um, a couple of things first. I had, uh, Dylan McCullough, who's USC's new, uh, running back coach on yeah, the podcast. stud. Yeah, had him on the podcast last week, and one one of the recruiting stories he told was that um, he I think he was trying to get a guy from the SEC country to switch, and he gave him the phone, and it was something like pick a team, and I, you can call the head scout of that team and let them know what they think of how we've developed running backs in Indiana. And I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that, what he did in the last you know several years at Indiana developing running backs. No, I did a phenomenal job. I mean, you just look at the guys that they they pushed out there, and you have you have one guy that's second in league in rushing as a rookie, 
Um, and Jordan Howard, you have another one. And, and uh, Tevin Coleman did a great job uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. And they had a kid last year. I think he ended up being a free agent. Um, but to me, it's, you know, it's anybody can look and find, you know, the high school kid with the highest spark scores or, you know, okay, this kid ran this, he jumped that. Uh, we can all identify that. But being able to not only identify guys with good patience, vision, and balance, but being able to then teach them the game and teach them how to run, uh, you know, I, I think you, you tip your hat to him. He's done a nice job. Indiana has not been a uh, not been a popular stop on the scouting circuit. I mean, we all everybody goes through there, but not a lot of great players throughout the years. So to have, you know, a high concentration of really really quality NFL players at one particular position, I think you give a lot of a lot of credit to the position coach. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, USC fans are expecting big things from him. It was a cool interview, so I. Uh... He really impressed me. So we'll see how USC does from there. Um, and then just quick, if anything stood out in the draft for USC players, you know, Dory going first round, Juju second, Zach Banner went in the fourth, Leon McQuay in the sixth, and then Stevie Tuikilovatu, uh, in the seventh round. Guys like Damian Mama didn't get drafted, uh, Darius yeah. Rogers, Chad Wheeler, anything kind of stand out of like that group? Well, I mean, I remember. You know, not, nothing surprised at all with Adoree where he ended up going. Uh, Juju, I thought that was right where he would go. So those were not surprised at all. I, I honestly was a little surprised Zach Banner went as high as he did. Um, I knew a lot of teams did not have draftable grades on him. So, you know, wow. the fact he went in the fourth round, I thought was probably a little bit of a reach. Um, but, you know, you guys, he's a massive human being. So he's got something to, to work with there. He just, he's not very athletic. He can't redirect. Um, he struggles in space. Those are always, I think, going to be issues for him. I, I remember, Ryan, we, we text all the time, uh, not just during the fall, but during the spring when I'm watching tape. And I, I don't know if you remember this, but I, after I had watched Utah, who had, gosh, I think five linemen ended up in a camp. I think they had three or four drafted, including a first-rounder in Bowles. I said, Ryan, th- this, you know, for all the, you know, people will be upset about, uh, you know, USC doesn't get enough credit this out of the other. They're over talent. They're so talented, and they underachieved over the years. This, that, and the other. Uh, Ryan, this Utah offensive line is infinitely more talented than the USC group. It's not even close. Um, and I thought, I thought you saw that reflected on draft day. And I know, in kind of reading some of these publications previewing the upcoming season, one of the big question marks for USC is how are they going to replace the three guys they lost on the offensive line? And honestly, I think they could be better. I think they can find better players. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's, it's going to definitely be a smaller group, probably a more athletic group. And it's one of those things with Sam Darnold. You probably just need to make sure he doesn't get killed. Like if you, as long as yeah. you can hold your block for a little bit, you should. Well, he's be okay. a great, he's an eraser now. He, I mean, I think you look at the numbers. Uh, and I know obviously Alabama and Stanford were in those first couple games, but you just look at the sacks that Max Brown took in a couple games and um, Sam Darnold over the last nine, 10 games, it, the numbers are almost identical. In terms of the number of times he got, I think what was it, eight sacks, nine sacks. I don't think Sam Darnold got sacked double digits this last year, and it was not because of stellar O line play. He, he's uh, he does some Houdini work back there. We um, so I posted on the Peristyle uh, like, hey, we're gonna have Daniel Jeremiah on. Do you have any questions? We got a whole bunch of responses, but the main thing we wanted to kind of talk about is Sam Darnold. There's so much talk about him. I thought there was a funny uh, post right out of the gate. Gate call said. If you could compare Sam Darnold to a '90s R&B group, who would it who would it be? Perhaps Boys <laughs> to Men or Joe Dici? I don't even know what that one is. But. 
Yeah. Okay. We got. Yeah. How about that, Jodeci? I love it. Jodeci. Sorry. Uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, I would go. Gosh, if I was going to compare him, um, <laughs> you don't have to. Man, just... that's 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 it. No, that's a good one. I, you know what? I was a big Tevin Campbell fan, and uh, because he was just very smooth. So oh, I'll go with I'll go with Sam because he makes things that are very difficult look pretty easy. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's going to be interesting. He's going to be. I mean, this is not this is not breaking news, but he is going to be so picked apart. Just get ready. I mean, everybody's going to be throwing darts at him and can't do this, can't do that. The release is going to get nitpicked like you've never seen. People are going to freak out about it. Um, he's he's coming into the season as the as the guy. Anytime that happens, um, you know, people are going to poke holes and they're going to spend the whole fall trying to poke holes into Sam. I think it would be really interesting in L.A. You got Jared Goff. You got uh, Philip Rivers coming up. You have hopefully a healthy Josh Rosen. And Sam Darrell, I mean, it's a pretty good quarterback town now. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. And even um, just if you just stay on the college side of things, how about just the West Coast? I mean, when you've got the, the two guys in L.A. that you mentioned, um, and then you've got Falk, who I think is a really good player up at Washington State. You've got Josh Allen, who I think has got the most physical talent of any quarterback in the country at Wyoming. Um, so, man, it's a great year for quarterbacks in college football, and they're almost all located on the western side of the country. The uh, the Sam Darnold thing, there's everyone's asking like, is he gonna leave? Will he be the first pick? Um, I'm not, we, you know, we don't really know what he's gonna do, but yeah, is, is he legit like top five pick, or is that just kind of like people talking now? And by the time the draft rolls around, it, that's not gonna be the case. Well, I mean, look, he's, um, you know, w- with my job, and I've told you this before, NFL Network and being affiliated with the NFL, we can't ever project what the underclassmen are gonna go because they don't want us to. You know, be encouraging people to come out early and oh, okay. damage the relationship we have with the colleges. But um, this is different. I, I get a lot of people that have pushed back on me because I've talked about how much I, I like him and what I've seen of him, and I've seen him live a couple times. Um, and and people have said, oh, it's USC quarterbacks. You know, they're all overrated. Rattle to the list. And, Ryan, you've had a front-row seat for all these guys. He's different. I mean, the one I would say he, he maybe closest resembles Sanchez just in terms of, Mark was you know, a really good athlete, and, uh, and Mark could throw the ball really well and could, could, could create some things and make some things happen. But I think Sam's more instinctive than him. I think from a talent standpoint, uh, I mean, he's so much more talented than, than Barkley or Kessler. I, I don't think that's even close um, in terms of his physical ability there. So, I mean, I'm always a little bit hesitant. It's been 10 games. Um, we'll see more next year. I know at the Manning camp, I talked to some people that were down there for that, and they said, uh, I mean, they thought Josh Allen, just when you stack him up next to Sam Darnold, that Josh Allen was more impressive just throwing the ball down there. Um, but I think Sam's, you know, Sam's a gamer. He's going to be better when the lights come on and the stage is brightest. You saw that at the Rose Bowl. So uh, I think he's legit. Long answer to your question. I very much think he's legit. In terms of how he stacks up with the quarterbacks, I think is, there's some other guys in the competition. It's not a, it's not a one-horse race here to be the best quarterback in college football. See if Rosen comes back healthy. Obviously, very gifted, and uh, and I keep coming back to the kid at Wyoming. I mean, Josh Allen is six foot five, two hundred forty pounds, two hundred thirty-five, two hundred forty pounds, and he's even more athletic than Sam. So uh, there's some good ones, but he's right there in the mix. It's funny that there's a lot of always people talk about all oh, the USC quarterbacks are overrated. I mean, they got a bunch of guys that are getting paid. They're on rosters. Like, you know, that's yeah, like maybe like they're not superstars in the league. Huh? I'm sorry. Yeah, there's five or six of them in the league. Yeah, and they're, like, they're they're playing. They're starting games. They're playing. Carson's had a really good, really good career. 
Um, and the other guys, I mean, they're still collecting checks. And we've seen, you know, I saw that cover story on, on Vince Young. You know, it didn't last in the league very long. It's a lot of these guys that kind of come and go. Um, but those guys have made rosters. That's why I've always thought it it must be the easiest thing in the world. Uh, and T. Martin is a fantastic coach, and I've heard wonderful things about him as a recruiter. But, I mean, golly, can it be that hard? I mean, I think you could probably show them of the last, however far it goes back, when was the last USC quarterback, starting quarterback, that wasn't drafted? Yeah, I don't know. Because Booty got drafted, right? Yeah, Booty was around for a while. Booty um, got drafted. It's obviously Sanchez, you know, Barkley, Kessler. Um, you kind of go all the way back down through the line. I mean, their starting quarterback for USC is a draftable player. And that, that's not, that's, that's got to be some kind of record. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just making a paycheck. Yeah. They're not like, they're not making Pro Bowls and stuff, you know, outside of Carson did a little bit, but you know, yeah. Sanchez won like four road playoff games, which was like a record at the time. No, he's with the Jets and they had yeah. a win, you know, but. There's been some success. I would not say that they're all bust. They're they're making money. I mean, there's a there's probably more USC quarterbacks. Yeah, I think in the I think I yeah. think their comment is more along the lines that they were overdrafted. They were selected higher than they should have been, yeah. higher than their talent should, should suggest. And they hit them. They hit the wide receiver position with the same tag. You hear the same thing. You know, hey, those guys are still playing, but are they really really worth where they were picked? And uh, you know, they get kind of nitpicked. But uh, look, I think there's some really really solid players there. And, and, uh, it, it, look, it's not easy. Making an NFL roster is not an easy thing. So they got a bunch of them out there. Yeah, guys get cut all the time. Good guys get cut all the time. So it's it's cool that they're no still out there. Um, Bammer4SC wanted to know, what current uh, draft-eligible player on USC's roster do you see being drafted in the first round other than Sam Darnold? Yeah, again, I, I can't say exactly where they'll get picked, but in terms of some interesting guys to follow, I, I want to see – I really want to dig, and I haven't studied Amon Marshall yet. I've seen him play live a handful of times, and I've seen him all the way from you know high school all the way up. Um, the one question with him would probably really be just deep speed. Can he really run? Um, that'll be something I'll be definitely paying more attention to this year. But he's a big, physical, tough kid. He's pretty intriguing. Ronald Jones, um, now that he's got the dreadlocks back, right, so you're probably going to see an even better version of him. Yeah. Um, he, got his, he got his power back. <laughs> Uh, no, he's a, he's a really, really talented player. Um, with him, I want to see how big he is. You know, what can he carry? He looks like, uh, you probably would have the exact number, but to me, when you watch him, he looks like a 195 to 200 pound back, uh, with just rare, rare juice and explosiveness. But, uh, you like to see him, can he get up there and carry that 210 pounds? That'll be something interesting to keep an eye on. Trojan Lights, uh, Trojan Lights has an interesting question. Uh, what do you believe NFL team scouts, how do they view USC's development of its players, uh, comparing to schools like Washington and Utah, um, who did really well in the recent draft? You know, a lot of those schools take players that aren't maybe as highly ranked out of high school like you were talking about before. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think some of that is, a, um, is just some inconsistency in the, in rating these kids at a high school. And I, I don't envy the guys that have to do that. I mean, that's, um, Gerard does a great job of breaking these guys down. I love listening to him uh, talk about these high school kids. But, man, that's not easy. Uh, trying to sort out what a 17-year-old kid is going to be like in, in three or four years. I think sometimes at a, at a school like USC, there's probably more star pressure there um, in terms of, okay, even though I evaluated these guys, and I, this kid's a five-star. Uh, take, for example, like a Ricky Town when he was coming out of high school. I mean, I, I watched his just his little clips, and I'm like, "There's no way 
kid's not a five-star quarterback. <laughs> um, but maybe there's, there's more pressure on that. Maybe there's a three-star down the street um, that you think, man, he's a much better player, but we're going to get killed. We don't take this five-star kid. Yeah. He's going to go somewhere else with our competitors, and we, and we take this three-star kid. We're USC. We can get whoever we want. Um, and maybe you try and win signing day instead of winning football games. I think the staff at Washington, the staff at Utah, they know exactly what they're looking for. Um, and they can they can afford to take some of those guys maybe that aren't as highly rated coming out of high school, and really really develop them and, and make them into really good players. Uh, I, I'm always I come back to when Tyron Smith and I know he was a five star kid, but you watched him. You guys posted a video of him at the USC camp. Yeah, he couldn't, have that. Been two, he couldn't have been 250 pounds, Ryan. He looked he was like he an was, Adonis, like he just looked like a maybe a defensive oh, end or something. He had his shirt off. He yeah. had his shirt off in the clip. And he, his arms were, you know, hanging below his knees. You could see how long he was. And he just had some freaky, freaky athleticism and feet. And you're going, okay, that's, that's the kind of guys you want to get. Um, I, I'm not big on getting a high school kid that's 335 pounds that beats up on a bunch of 240 pound kids in high school who's completely tapped and who's going to be slow footed, um, because he's been carrying over 300 pounds his whole life. Um, that's why just watching your recruiting clips for this upcoming class that, like, Austin Jackson, to me, that's the, those are the type of kids you want. Get the kid that's 270, 280 pounds, and he probably is at 300 now or maybe even over 300. But he hasn't been carrying 300 pounds on his frame since he was 14 years old. Yeah. And he can really move. I, I saw a clip on, on the Internet showed him running, you know, running on the track. And I'm like, that's, those are the type of offensive linemen you want. I, I personally would, wouldn't be chasing the 345-pound high school offensive lineman. I think USC fans will be happy to hear you say that. Um, TK18 wants to know who has been your favorite USC player that you've scouted or analyzed, either past or right now. Well, I think I've told you on one of these before. The highest grade I ever gave to a player was to Reggie Bush, which in hindsight I'd probably like to have that one back. Um, <laughs> guy will carry it away on that one, but he was the best college football player that I ever watched. Um, it just was so he thought he was going to change the way the game was played with everything that he could do. And I'm still, I still hold to my guns a little bit if he could have, you know, had health on his side and, uh, and not had the injuries. I mean, I think he caught what 90 balls his rookie year, um, or right around there. I, I thought he could have been kind of the way you're going to see, you know, Christian McCaffrey get used in the upcoming season with the Panthers. I think you could have seen Reggie play forever, you know, as a, as a guy who can live in the slot and then, and then dabble as a running back. But, uh, um, you know, obviously the, the injuries didn't didn't work out there. But I was I gave big grades to to Cushing. I gave big grades to Clay Matthews. Um, you know, one that didn't really pan out, but another one I gave a pretty good grade to was Cedric Ellis. Oh. Um, I thought he was going to be a really really good player, um, but it just never really happened. Uh, Desmo wants to know how far you can punt a football. How far can I punt a football? <laughs> I don't know oh, where that came gosh. from. Is that? Oh, I don't know. I, I, the last time I punted a football, I, was I in college just jacking around before practice or something? I, I don't know. 40 yards, maybe 35 yards? <laughs> I didn't know if he was referring uh, if you like said something on the podcast or something or. Oh yeah. No, punting a football. No, I, that's, uh, you know, nobody wants to see that. I have no idea where that came from, but, it, um, <laughs> I mean, you played college football, but you weren't a punter, you know, like that's. No, no, not even, never got a chance to quick punt even. So, no. <laughs> Under center there, taking the, the shorter snaps, uh, Daniel did. In yes. Um, 
Blue Lion Troy, which 2017 recruits do you see as serious freshman contributors for the 2017 season? You already mentioned Austin Jackson. I guess he has potential. Yeah, he's really he looks like a really talented kid. I, I mentioned at the top. I, my favorite guy, just of all those clips. I think I even sent it to you. This is this is just nerd stuff, man. That I'm even watching this, but uh, <laughs> I loved I loved Marlon Tuipolotu. I mean, I thought he was dominant. Just off the, I know I think Tefeli was ranked higher than him, or rated higher than him. But just off the clips, um, I thought he was much more explosive, more powerful, um, and just looked like a better player. Obviously, at a young age, we'll see how these kids develop going forward. But he was the of all the the defensive linemen. He to me was clearly the best of that group. And then the other kid who had the best um, the best little highlight clip of the bunch who has me intrigued is the is safety from Arizona, uh, Isaiah Polamau. Is that yeah. his name? Uh huh. Yeah, he is twitched up and very, very explosive. Um, I think the other kid from from Gorman, Bubba Bubba Bolin, Bubba Bolin, yeah, yeah, he's he's a very smooth athlete. Um, the kid from Arizona is like he had a little more, a little more dynamic, a little more twitched up. So he'd be somebody. I know they've got some, you know, some some uh, seniority there on the, in the in the secondary and some guys that played a lot of ball. But man, it'd be intriguing to try and get him on the field in some way, shape, or form. It's funny, a lot of the questions are with like juniors, so I don't want to ask you that, but beat ND1, wanted to know how good of a pro prospect is Duchenna and Wusu? He's a senior. Yeah, you know, he's going to be fascinating because everybody that's went through there in the spring, you know, scouts go through there and talk to the coaches. The USC coaches are selling him hard. Like they expect him to have a huge year uh, with his development that they've seen. They think he's going to be a first round pick. That's what they're telling the scouts to come through there. Um, and the guys that have studied him on tape said, well, there's no real doesn't really match up with what you see on tape. He's a good athlete, but production just really hasn't been there. Um, so this will be a big year for him. I've seen him play live a couple times, know a little bit about his background. Um, he's really put on weight and kind of grown into a, a different body here. But uh, uh, he's somebody that, that people will definitely be paying attention to more, more so just because the way they're selling him at SC really, really hard. Vassar Dad has an interesting one. I know we got to let you go here pretty soon. Um how do you determine if a running back is great or if he has excellent offensive line blocking? Uh, and how much of an uh, offensive line factor into running back and quarterback evaluations? Yeah, no, you have to definitely take into account what they're, what they're given. I mean, any running play, you can say, okay, these are the yards that were given to them and these are the yards that they earned. Um, and sometimes that, that can be, you know, a three yard run can be a heck of a run because they got out of a lot of trouble with Something out of nothing. Um, whereas there's, uh, you know, the spread teams, the true spread teams, it can be very hard because, man, I, like evaluating a Texas Tech running back is like going to a torture chamber um, because their splits are super wide. They've got everybody spread out, and there's so much runway for the back that you can get by. You can be a, you know, 195, 190 pound back and rush for 2,000 yards in that system. But the offensive line and the scheme got you 1,800 of those 2,000 yards. Um, so you always take that into account when you're evaluating these guys. But um, I like to see a lot of times with running backs, every game you're going to see opportunities um, in one-on-one situations, be it at the second or third level. And uh, you like to try and find those guys that can win those battles. Uh, Vegas guy Paul, do you see an eventual uh, consolidation of the big programs into a group of super leagues with top Competitive games most every week. You think that's going to happen? 
Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not a, a reporter, but just everything that you hear, it seems like we're all pointing in that direction. Uh, of kind of those, what, you know, 14, 16 team uh, leagues. I mean, the Big 12 just doesn't sound like that's going to be around a whole lot longer. And then it'll just be a mad scramble to see where those teams go. And I think that's probably when all that will take place. And then one last one, we'll let you go. Um, hopefully you can answer this. It's not specific player. SoCal rules. Under what circumstances should an underclassman enter the draft? Well, I always come back to the fact that you're going to be a first-round pick. Um, if you're going to be a first-round pick, go. If you have a financial hardship and you're going to be a first, you know, three three-round pick, I think you should go. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think you're just better served coming back and getting getting some more reps, especially at the quarterback position. Um, you know, that's one thing. Like I look at somebody like Luke Falk. Um, he could have come out. He probably would have been a second-round pick this year. And, and maybe it would have worked out for him, you know. But when I look at the current starters in the league, um, when I did this study, gosh, towards the end of the season, so maybe one or two would have changed. But all of the quarterbacks um, that were starters that were taken outside the first round were guys that exhausted their college eligibility. So, um, in other words, if, if you're an underclassman quarterback and you're not going to go in the first round, not a lot out there that says you're going to be a starter. You're an underclassman quarterback. You come out if you know you're going to be a top pick um, because then you're going to have that chance. If, if you're not going to be taken high, you're not only not going to start right away, you're probably not going to start much at all because you're not going to get the reps you need to develop. Whereas you stay in college like a Kirk Cousins, uh, like a Russell Wilson, uh, like a Dak Prescott. These guys were all taken outside the first round. They're all starters, but what they all had in common, they all stayed through college exhausted their eligibility, got tons of reps in practice and on the game field, became more physically mature, mentally uh, stronger, and then when they got their opportunity, they ran with it and they were starters. So at that quarterback position, I mean, I, I look at Falk, I think that was brilliant of him to come back. Daniel Jeremiah does an amazing job over at the NFL Network. If you're watching Draft Day, there's two networks you can watch, and there's only one you should watch. You should watch the NFL Network. Um, you guys have always been great to us. I, I did a College football show on NFL Network way back in the day, and Mayock was great, and uh, all those guys are, are awesome. So we really appreciate you, Daniel, being able to come on and share some insights. It's always interesting. Well, I'm fortunate to work at a cool place and, and work with a lot of good people, but I'm also fortunate to have good friends like you. And um, I, Dude, I tell you what, man, it's, it's a little bit embarrassing how much time I spent on the Peristyle <laughs> um, uh, reading that stuff. And if I – God bless him, but if I see one more EJ Price post, let's let it go, folks. Let's move on, okay? It's time to ease off that one. <laughs> Daniel knows his stuff on the Peristyle. They're going to love to hear that. So, hey, I really appreciate it, buddy. It's a, it was great to have you on and hope you have uh, – is it kind of a slow time for you now? Is there not too much going on? I'm moving. I'm moving. So, the you know, all the, the hassle that goes along with that. But work-wise, uh, you know, it's not too crazy. Although, I, sh- I guess I should have probably told you that, especially on this podcast. I'm going up to – are you going to be at the opening this weekend? I will be. I'm going to be up there. We're, we're doing a total access show on NFL Network, um, a live show there. So we're going to cover the final seven on seven. We're going to have interviews with uh, with some of the NFL players that are up there. And uh, we'll show some of the linemen one-on-one. So we're going to do – me and Rhett Lewis are going up there. We're going to do a live show. That will be Monday, uh, 4 o'clock West Coast time. So – I'll be up there. We were supposed to, I got an email saying there was a couple kids that wanted to announce uh, where they were going, but uh, one of them was the running back who just popped for SC, so I don't know that he'll be making that announcement. Gotcha. Okay. 
Uh, we'll we'll have to go grab a beer or dinner or something up there. It's uh. Yeah, no, hit me up when you get up there, man. I'd love to see you. All right, that sounds good. Daniel Jeremiah, follow him on Twitter, at MoveTheSticks, one of the best Twitter handles out there. Uh, thanks so much, Daniel, and thanks so much, all of you, for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.